0: This is sick. Put this to music. Time to check in with Rotowire.com's football guru, John McKechnie. What are you doing on your phone? I am fixing my fantasy football lineup on In the Zone.
1: we life on the farm. It's kind of laid back. Ain't much an old country ball; We can't hack. It's early to rise. Early in the sack. The
0: boy. John McEchnie, fantasy analyst over at rotowire.com You can find him on Twitter at johns underscore tailgate. And if you've got any fantasy questions that are pertinent to this weekend, you can text them into five zero eight five seven. John, welcome to the show. Happy holidays, my friend.
1: Happy holidays to you as well. It's uh, it's great to be on with you on this fine Thursday. We've got. Killer Slate in the NFL th- this weekend. Uh, it starts off Rocky, but it, it gets better as we go along. It's, let's just get the let's just get the uh the dreck out of the way first. There
0: are still a lot of bad quarterback matchups to get to, but um I want to start with a touch of college football because I really want your perspective on this. We've been talking so much this week about the Florida State side of the college football playoff equation and I've been making the case that Georgia fans would have just as much of a case, or maybe they're not as loud as the Florida State fan because they've won back-to-back championships, but uh, but they have uh, their own case to make the college football playoff. How do you feel about your team, which is deserving in their own merit, um, not getting into the college football playoff this year? How have you digested that?
1: I mean, it, it was definitely tough on Saturday. Definitely uh, had, maybe had a few uh, tweets to delete and all that. But, um, <laughs> but you know, I, I felt like for, for Georgia going into that game, that was a playoff game, right? Like they, they're playing an Alabama team that, that's been on a roll that their only loss was, was Texas. So if Alabama were to beat Georgia head to head and have the SEC title, then Georgia doesn't have a case to be in the playoff over them. Uh, so it would have needed additional chaos, be it uh, Washington or Texas. But, you know, neither of those things came to fruition. So th- there lies the problem where you have one spot available for three deserving teams. And if you were to power rank the those teams, you'd probably put Florida State third if they don't have Jordan Travis. This is how it is. So I think the committee, um, you know, looked at it and it, it's, it's tough to look at a power five program that went undefeated with an impressive non-con and leave them out. But I think uh, uh, by that same token, you look at what what's going to make for the most uh, viable and competitive matchups in the semifinal. And a Jordan Travis list uh, Seminoles team would not be that. I, th- I I don't have the numbers handy right now, but I'm sure that the spreads for any, of the, of the opponents that would be playing Florida State in the playoff would be favored by double digits just because Tate Rodemaker um, isn't that guy, not, not the way that Jordan Travis is. So I, I think it sets up as a better – uh, compet- more competitive product as far as the CFP goes, but I, I definitely sympathize with, with Florida State fans, and I, I would have honestly felt like they had a better case than Georgia because Georgia blew it essentially. But Florida State, uh, you just won't have the, this problem uh, next year. That the problem will be, you know, you lose Keon Coleman, you lose Johnny Wilson, you lose Jordan Travis, you lose Jared Verzi. How do you respond from that? Yeah, that's uh,
0: it's not going to be the same sort of bowl game, but hopefully we still get a good product there. On to tonight's. Steelers, Patriots, the preview that everybody has been waiting for. Is this the all-bench strategy in this game? Are we just not touching anybody or, or just, uh, Najee Harris, Jalen
1: Warren? I guess they're still factors. Yeah, th- those are the only two. Um, okay. And, and Friarmouth, if you are desperate at tight end, I think is worthy. But uh, no one on the Patriots – uh, it is really worth starting, in my opinion. You have to be really, really uh, down on your luck as far as your uh, running backs are concerned uh, to have to use um, Ezekiel Elliott in this matchup. I think he's you know sees fit anywhere between fifteen and twenty carries, but you know I'm, I'm dubious that, that he gets over sixty yards and dubious that that he gets into the end zone. If, I, if I'm betting uh, th- this game, I, I don't really trust the Patriots with that many points. Uh, we, we saw that last week, of course, against uh, the Cardinals. Um, I would probably just do an anytime touchdown bet for either defense, uh, honestly, because I, I think that that's where most of the scoring in this game is going to come from. Is just going to be a Bailey Zappy mistake or a Mitchell Trubisky mistake that, that goes for six.
0: I saw Ezekiel Elliott's anytime touchdown was at plus one forty. I'm like, who's touching this? The Patriots aren't going to sniff the, they're not going to sniff the goal line, and it's not like Ezekiel Elliott's breaking off. 40 yard runs. It just seems like know. a wasted bet. I
1: would just, yeah. I advise do not spend your money on that. Exactly. With, with any time touchdowns, yeah, and in, in someone that's not as much of a, of a lock, you know, like you, your Travis Kelsey, A.J. Brown types of, of the world or Christian McCaffrey, like you, you're going to need to give me three to one odds at, at least for me to be interested.
0: Uh, let's talk about Tank Dell for a moment. He went down major bummer, broken fibia, so he's going to be out until next season. Do we expect any one of these other guys to step up to fantasy stardom uh, in terms of John Mechie? And we've seen brief stints with Noah Brown. You've got the veteran in Robert Woods, or is it just the Nico Collins show with a sprinkle of Dalton Schultz?
1: Right. So I I think that the most realistic answer is is option B, like like you said, like we're going to see uh, Nico Collins basically get up to, you know, close to a league leading target share. I think the rest of the way and Dalton Schultz, it should be able to produce um, as well. So that the question comes down to, you know, do they replace Nathaniel Dell? I I don't think that they have anyone that's like that, that obvious guy that can step in and and do exactly what what Dell was doing. It really was a bummer to see his, his season end. Uh, the way that it did, I think this week is a very, very uh, important uh, point of demarcation when it comes to John Mechie because I felt like coming into the season, he should, he projected in my mind as as the number two receiver behind Nico Collins. Obviously, hasn't materialized to that extent, but uh, you have him uh, playing twenty one snaps last week. You know, only catching one pass on, on three targets, but I think this is a huge week for them because I would imagine that Sauce Gardner will, will get a lot of the Nico Collins assignment. And I think if, if Mechie ends up playing like 30, 40 snaps here, you know, like the, this, the, the production could follow. So he's the most interesting name. Uh, Noah Brown, I think is someone that, that can perform well in this system and, and with the volume he gets, you know, their, their quality targets coming from CJ Stroud. And then we know what Robert Woods is at, at this point. I think. You know, in PPR, there's probably a little bit of utility just because he, he is going to have a role, is going to be on the field a lot for them. But, you know, you're not expecting explosive production. You're just more so expecting him to give you something uh, serviceable, which, you know, obviously is helpful as we get to this stage of the fantasy season. But there isn't any one way that, that, the, that the Texans completely cover this up without Dell. And then one name to keep an eye on coming out of this weekend would be rookie Xavier Hutchinson out of mm. Iowa State. He's, he's an interesting player. He he totally carried that Iowa State offense the, the last couple of years after he got there. A big body receiver, uh, great hands, very productive with, with high volume uh, there in, in Aims. So he's someone that I, I would keep an eye on as, as a dark horse free agent pickup next week.
0: Uh, speaking of dark horse free agent pickups, uh, we're talking to John McKechnie from com answering all sorts of fantasy conundrums. Uh, I I just went and snagged Josh Kelly at a roster spot to burn. Not really interested in Miles Sanders anymore, so we moved on from that relationship. Um, (laughs) Austin Eckler, three straight games with less than 10 PPR points. I'm not saying they're definitely going to move off of this guy because that's one of their star players, but he hasn't been playing like it, and this offense is stuck in the mud. So, I mean, I guess at any point they could shake things up. What is your read on that situation offensively? And is Josh Kelly worth taking a stab at just in case they decide to shake things up?
1: I think he is. I think that Eckler still needs to be a big part of their passing game, But the problem is that the Chargers have – uh, either by their own fault or, or by injuries, kind of had so many doors closed on its own offense this year, right? So Mike Williams go, goes down for the season early on. Quentin Johnston is, you know, hurtling towards being uh, the, the biggest bust since uh, since Jalen Rager. Um, so that, like, the, all of a sudden you have an offense that, that it's either Keenan Allen or it's Austin Eckler or it, it's just a play that, that goes nowhere. And when Austin Eckler himself uh probably isn't at 100 percent after the injury that he suffered early on in the season you know we, we're starting to look at, at a pretty tough um set of conditions for for eckler to have any success in and and he never was like a guy that was a conventional between the tackles great runner um his ability to to get out uh, off tackle or, or be a factor in the passing game is really what what made him great both on the field and for fantasy purposes and now the rushing effectiveness is out the window so Josh Kelly if, if nothing else i think gives uh the chargers like a viable option to, if they want to explore getting a traditional uh run game going so i think it it's a it's a sh- savvy move i don't know if uh this weekend is going to be the time to, to use kelly if it, but maybe they they will have run out of patience by the time that the kickoff happens and uh, a couple bad uh carries from eckler and it all of a sudden it becomes a kelly show yeah
0: i'm not trying to start him or anything but um just somebody to speculate on on the text line at 50857 fantasy playoffs here they say two-week format i don't think that that necessarily matters because you can you can change your lineup at the end of the weekend, but um, Jordan Love or C.J. Stroud?
1: Oh, that, I mean, those are good problems to have. Yeah. I would probably go with with Jordan Love. Uh, you know, I, interestingly enough, both those games I believe taking place at MetLife Stadium. But um, Love, I think, ha, has the easier set of conditions there. I think that the Giants' secondary is not nearly as imposing as um, what Stroud is going to be facing with, with the Jets. And Love has been playing really well. I think Stroud has been playing better, but. At this very moment, for this particular week, love is the play between those two. Just matchup based because the Jets' defense has been so tough against quarterbacks. Correct. Yeah, that, that's that's the bulk of it, and then you know having to figure out what what they do. Sans Nathaniel Dell, whereas um, you know I guess love having to figure things out without Christian Watson, but he's been kind of off and on this whole year anyway, and Love's still been able to have some success. I do believe that he legally changed his name to Tank
0: from Nathaniel. Uh, did you well, see that?
1: I, I, I got to get that out of my brain then, because uh, you know I've I've been following Dell since he was a like a freshman at, at Houston, right. so like uh, <laughs> uh, it, it, it's a it's an old habits die hard type of thing. For I me. mean, I still,
0: it still sounds way more way more buttoned up with Nathaniel, but I actually I think I I think that that was a real report that he changed actually changed his name to Tank.
1: Um, that's sick. A, a hundred sixty pound man named Tank legally. <laughs> that's so it's like a big guy named Tiny. John, you and I cannot get away with this. We could not get away with naming ourselves
0: Tank. All right, let's get in one more. The, uh, Damian Pierce is available. Should I drop Tyler Algier to pick up Damian Pierce? Keeping in mind they already have Devin Singletary, so I guess it would
1: just be making sure that you've got a backfield locked up. Yeah, because Algier is, is so um, volatile as far as his week to week usage and production is concerned. And it's not like Pierce has been um, all that much better this year. But I think uh, at this stage, it's a healthier offense that you're getting exposure to in Houston. And, and like you said, that way, um, you know, if this does become a little bit more stratified, but with the workload between Singletary and Pierce, you know, you, you at least have one of the right answers there. The latest injury news,
0: DFS advice and analysis. Get it all at rotawire.com. John McKechnie, you can find him there. John, best of luck with everything you've got going on this weekend. Enjoy the game tonight as much as you can.
1: Likewise, hope you guys uh, all get into your fantasy playoffs and, and start wrecking shop, and we'll, we'll be ready for round one next week. Indeed. We, uh, we hope that we've
0: helped uh, everybody be in position for that. We've got more in the zone coming your way right after this.